0: This is a Mr. Thrive Media production. Hey, folks, if you're listening during the time we dropped this, it's during the COVID-19 crises, and it's affecting small business more than anybody had predicted. I want to let you know Small BizCast wants to be part of your community and wants you to be part of it as well. Look for resources at Small Facebook page and smallbizcast.com, and check out the episode we dropped last week about making remote work work with Dr. Jeremy Lurie. Check out the episode. Thanks. Hi, everybody. I'm Joel Volk. Welcome to Small BizCast, where twice a month I explore the lives of small business owners to dig a bit deeper and expose strengths, weaknesses, ideas, and challenges, blemishes and all. Today's guest is Bill Salibi, network marketing expert. In this episode, Bill and I will share ideas and stories as well as some do's and don'ts you should be aware of while building your referral network. As a small business person, you will find comfort in knowing that you are not alone. Hopefully, you'll learn something while finding inspiration and ideas from the people I introduce you to, like Bill. Hopefully, you'll laugh a little, too. Hot dog, it's a wonderful life. As I look back at my years in business, I remember that there are many, many times I needed a lawyer to just poke their nose in and take a look and see what they could do to help. Sometimes I just needed advice on a lease. Other times I needed to have a contract that a customer wanted me to sign or a vendor wanted me to sign and I wanted someone to look at it. Sometimes I had to worry about employment law. Other times I needed to change my corporation, make partnership agreements, things on that level. So I'm very proud that we are sponsored by a firm that specializes in these types of things for small businesses. Coincidentally, it's called the Small Business Law Firm. Scott Williams is the principal attorney at the Small Business Law Firm. He's the go-to guy for anything related to small business matters. I like to think of them as the Swiss Army knife for your business. So when you're ready, and even if you're not ready, keep it on hand because you might be ready sooner than you know. Call 855-5BISLAW, that's 855-524-9529. Ask for Scott, mention the Small BizCast, and remember they're a great resource should things get ugly. Thank you, Bill, for coming. I wanted to start this with uh, something that I think that we share in common. Uh, is it better to be a putz or a schmuck? Is, which is it? So, hello, schmuck.
1: <laughs> I think neither one. To ne- be safe, neither, neither one. one. Right.
0: So we're here with uh, Bill Salibi, who is a uh, expert in business networking, and uh, lots of experience starting networking. You started networking groups. Did, did you start Brewing, Brewing Professionals? I didn't start
2: Brewing Professionals. I was a charter member. I was a member of Brewing Professionals from the. I went to the first meeting and have been a member. For 18 years in that organization, and
1: a
0: group leader too, right?
2: I lead a group. I I started the Beverly Hills group, and then I became president. I was before I was president. I was the VP of chapter development, so I ch- started the chapters, and now I lead the Encino chapter.
0: Gotcha. And then provisors. How long have you been in provisors? I've been
2: in provisors since 2005, so 15 years. And I am the group leader of the what's called DTLA Three in downtown Los Angeles.
0: Do you have any idea how many people you network with?
2: Oh, you mean how, how many people I've met, or?
0: Right. Oh no, I don't. It's, I it's don't. In really. the thousands, right? It's in the thousands, right? And and um, and cross connected with, correct? Yes. So business networking is. What? How would you define it?
2: I would define business networking as building mutually beneficial relationships over time.
0: So this is the person who wrote the book, the audio book, and wrote a second book, correct? That is correct. Connecting Beyond the Name Tag. You can get them on Amazon and other booksellers. Yes. And connecting key networking tips for business and life.
2: Yeah, the, the second one, uh, Key Networking Tips for Business and Life, I wrote it about five years after I wrote the first book because the ideas just kept coming to me. Right. And I, would, and I said, I want to write a book that's really just networking tips so somebody could pick it up and say, I don't know anything about networking, but maybe I should do this, I shouldn't do this, and all the kinds of do's and don'ts and so forth that they could Used to be successful.
0: Right. So one of the reasons I wanted to talk with you about it is because for me, networking has been the fundamental activity I've done to build my business throughout my career. And it and it occurs to me, we always know that the sales rep has, you know, the ABC on their door. Always be closing. Always be closing. And I I, I never liked that. But I can tell you that I think it's ABN. Always be networking. I think it's always connecting people has to is something that I always do. And I see the people that are the most successful. In the world of networking, they're always connecting other people. And so ABN seems like a better, at least for me, a more appropriate motto. Is, do you agree with that? I like
2: that. I like that a lot. I think networking can be an, a way of life, and it's not just business. I think the, one of the biggest uh, misconceptions about networking is that business networking, all you should talk about is business. But right. The reality of it is the only way you really build relationships is to get onto the personal realm and not just not just talk about business and say, what do you do and how's your business? But you learn about a person and you learn about their kids, you learn about their hobbies, and that's how you build the relationships.
0: I, I remember the very first time when I was very young in business and I went to my first networking group and you'd see these guys in suits and jackets and they would be um, shaking hands, shaking hands. And then I'd see women business people come in and they'd be hugging and i remember feeling really uncomfortable like am i is it okay to when do i hug them when do i not hug them is it sexist is it appropriate is it okay. business and it wasn't until i realized that you really hug people that you want to hug <laughs> that's, that's right and i hug there's a fair amount of people in the world of networking that all that are guys that i'll hug and a fair amount of women that i hug and once it became a very natural thing that all that intimidation it was it was i'm not sure if intimidation is the right word but it was definitely discomfort on my part to when someone would want to hug me, i why, why, why is she hugging me? What, what, are, what? I'm here to shake her hand. I'm not here to be hugged. Well, and I think it's start. I mean, I think it's
2: yeah. You don't you don't hug somebody you don't know, but there can be o- really awkward moments because you could say you know two people hug, but they they hug because they are really good friends, right? And the, and then you don't go up to necessarily go up to that other person to <laughs> start hugging them. But have you seen that right? Yeah, and, and so. And it can't, or you see somebody you hug, and then the next person comes up, and they're not huggers. They're not. They're not huggers. <laughs> they're not <a> huggers. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of code, and part of that is the is how comfortable you feel with people, right? And, and the, and the group you're in, like in pro, both improvisers and broom professionals, they're what they call the home group, and people that are in your home group that you've been friends with. You know, you can be very, very comfortable with, right. but you don't – somebody you're meeting for the first time, you are going to shake their hands. But the the one thing that I I found was the biggest – one of the biggest misconceptions is that people thought networking was just going to an event – in getting as many business cards as you could get. Right. Just <laughs> running around the room. Wouldn't just, that be great if that worked? <laughs> yeah, right. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. Wouldn't you that know, be awesome if when that your, just worked? your sales manager says to you, you know, Joel, how many business cards did you get? Oh, I got 80 cards the other night. Well, did you really talk to anybody? Well, oh, no. Was not right. supposed to talk? You know, and, and that's and another, then, another related misconception is they, they talk to somebody for a while, and they say, you know, I got to mingle. Well, that's, there's a certain amount of truth to that. When you go to an event, you don't likely talk to one, just one person. But you know, it could make sense if you, if you go to a more of a social a mixer, a networking mixer, a social event where maybe you just talk to, over the evening, maybe you just talk in depth to three or four people. That's fine. Right. Or two people. Right. Uh, especially when that conversation has a lot of value to you. And what I've said to people, because of the stage I'm at at my networking career, when I go to a networking event, often I want to talk to the people I already know. Right. I'm, I'm more interested, and I enjoy talking to the people I already know.
0: It's the real conversation. Yeah. At it, this point, you don't want someone to say, what do you do?
2: Exactly. Right. That's it. But if you're just starting. You have network, to. If somebody is just starting a networking that is part of the process, right. and they do literally go up to everyone and say, "What do you do? What do you do? you know?" And you right. tell them what you do. Right. But when you already know that, then you we'll take it to another level. Right. So.
0: Any uh, any stories stand out of people that have done things that you go, "Oh my God, I can't believe I just saw that."
2: Yeah, I, I think that that I got a mingle thing right. is is a good example right. of where you, you go well you're just you're just really going from one person to another and you're not having any kind of any kind of conversation with the people or another one is when people have a <clears throat> have a conversation and somebody tells them something and they don't remember it at all right so it's the difference between building on a conversation and uh when somebody meets you and they you say, you know do you have any kids? Yeah, I got a son named Charlie." You know, tell me about Charlie. Well, Charlie, you know, went to San Francisco State University. And so the next and, – and he's thinking of going – let's just say, for example, he's thinking of going to grad school. And the next time I see you, if I say, hey, Joel, do you have any kids? Right.
0: And I, I do see that a lot. And, by the way, I'm probably guilty of that sometimes because it's just hard to remember everybody's, you know, backstories. But you're right. There's a genuine connection that gets made with time. And that you want to establish that as quickly as possible. Just, right. just otherwise, otherwise you are going to be making those faux pas.
2: Right, yeah. So, you, so one of the good networking skills to have is, well, one, being a good listener as a starting point, being a good listener, paying attention, and good memory, and then building upon the memory. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing all those things, people are going, wow, this person, I, I like this person and because why right. because they're paying attention to me and they're right. they're remembering my story mm-hmm. so the next time i talk to them it, but yeah. it, you're right it's it's hard to keep track of all
0: that right i remember uh early we had a we had a networking game early in my <laughs> in my career of networking where we were supposed to uh pick a name badge out of the basket and then do the introduction as though you were that person and so that was a really good way to spend to get to put yourself to really understand what the other person did and I remember somebody in the room instead of speaking constructively about what they did, they did a caricature type impersonation of the person imitating his quirky voice, <laughs> saying kind of you know he this one person was kind of known for giving leads that were really poor leads, really like really really bad leads and he he basically impersonated the person. And humiliated the guy. Oh, my gosh. And I watched him do that really close up because it was me. Oh. And I was, and later on, I was going for the cheap laugh. I was young. I I was funny. Oh, right. I was new to the group. And I really did. I impersonated this person. And then when we, when we walked out, I thought he'd be coming up to me going, that was great. And he was, you know, you could tell he was contained. He was upset. Everybody else was laughing. Right. A lot, yes. And that was my first, like, oh my, that was like, you gotta, I gotta filter myself. Yes, I want to be myself, but I have to filter myself. Well, that's moments. a good
2: com- that's a good combination. It's you, you want to be real, you want to be genuine, right? For sure, but we we need to know, and and some of this is just intuition or good emotional intelligence. We need to know what we shouldn't say, right? And because those things can kill relationships, right? The, the wrong. Kind of statement uh, and very critical kinds of statements. There was there was a, a guy in a provisors group. He was a financial advisor, and someone else was giving someone else who was also a different, a little bit different type of financial advisor was giving a presentation, and they were talking about annuities, and this other financial advisor sa- raised his hand and said, "Annuities are a terrible." Product, I can't believe you'd be talking about it. and he just ripped her apart. Wow and a lot of people in that group commented on how what a jerk this guy was right so almost a bully a, a bully yes, but be just being negative right and I so I think one of the qualities of good networking is to be positive, be encouraging, be constructive mm-hmm. be a positive person now right. if somebody asks you, If they've, let's say they've done a presentation and they ask you for feedback and they say, I really want you to give me honest feedback, then I think you should give them honest feedback. But when you're doing that, you can do it by giving positives first and then saying, but you could have done that. Mm -hmm. I heard a PowerPoint presentation not too long ago where the person rushed through the PowerPoint because... She had a lot of slides to get through. And what I've learned as a teacher is even though you're doing PowerPoint, you shouldn't, just because you have a lot of slides and you have a limited amount of time, don't rush. So if that person asked me, can you give me feedback on my PowerPoint presentation, I would say, I think you did a good job, but it's my opinion that you shouldn't rush through just because you have a lot of powerpoints.
0: Actually, Bill, you and I were at a meeting last week. That's the one I'm talking that about. <laughs> that, that was exactly what went through my brain. Is the first, there was no reason for the first five minutes of those slides to be even talked about. They were, they were an off point. Right, and 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 they were rushing. It caused the rest of it to be so compacted that it was became ineffective. Right. And
2: I will give. Right. I will. I know that person, and I will give feedback to that right. person. Um,
0: yeah, I I was I was. You were there. You know I what was, I'm talking and, about. And I was thinking the same thing. Like I if if I if he asked me, I was going to tell him that. Right. Um, because I thought the same exact thing. And yeah. at the, in the beginning, I thought he was blowing his opportunity to present right. by being so stressed about having to compress right. his discussion.
2: Yeah. And a similar kind of thing is with with people who, when you have to give an elevator speech. Right. Um,
0: I try not movement. to give them. I try right. to ask questions instead. Right. But
2: some people do a better job than <laughs> right, others. right. and there's not one necessarily particularly right way but because that's not really that's only one small part of networking is what you do but you've got to be a person in networking has to be able to say what they do in a way that other people understand right, it right. that's the goal. Right. You're at, you're the better your uh, Elevator speeches, the more chance somebody goes, I really get what that person does, I could make a referral to them. On the other hand, if they're trying to talk about something, you go, I don't know where they're coming from or what they're doing.
0: Well, the reason that I try not to do them is because for the last 34 years, my offering has been so vague and so broad that 30 seconds just doesn't do me any service. So I have to speak in very vague, non-specific terms. But if I had a very specific... You know, widget I sold or a very specific service I provided, it would be much easier. So I want to qualify what I just said because I'm not giving that advice to people not to give them. Right. It's just that I want to be effective. So I, I'd rather tell a quick story about something I helped, somebody I helped or, or a solution I provided than try to say, this is what I do. Because when I say this is what I do, first of all, it can be very boring. And, <laughs> and secondly, it's just not specific enough for anybody to really understand it at the end if that makes any sense.
2: And if you're bored with it, if you're if you're bored with your presentation, <laughs> you can only imagine how right. other people are going right. to be. It's going to go it's going to go down from there.
0: Okay, let's side note, no comment. Okay, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So, um,
2: yeah. So as far as, you know, so back to the definition building Uh, mutually beneficial relationships over time, the idea, one of the big pieces of advice is if you get into networking, you're not going to get something right away. Right. It's going to take time to build those relationships and in some cases a long time to where you you build them and you continue to build them and then you learn, you can even learn new things from people about, oh, I didn't know you did that also because you're not going to get to everything. But that's just part of the, Part of the process, Part,
0: right? It. Part of the relation. We we have that with our friends too. When we start talking to our friends after a long time, you realize that they there's deeper moments, deeper parts of their lives that you didn't necessarily know about till you get to know them and build upon the relationship. Right. So that's so no different than anything else. No different. Than which anything. is why your book about business and life makes a lot of sense, actually.
2: Right, because network. Well, networking. You can have many different networks, and, mm-hmm. and most people do. You have your right. Say your provisors, your professional business development network, mm. or brewing professionals, mm-hmm. or Trojan professionals, or right. you do, and then you have could be your um, your temple, your church, right. your neighborhood, right. um, your high school friends. What and there's all these different networks, and now with social media, you have you can have your, you know. A, a group friends from a variety of places that they may they may or may not know each other, but these are your right little circles that are part of your network
0: By the way, people that use social media for networking, I think they often focus so much on business that they miss the whole power of social of social networking because they're because they're not uh, talking about themselves personally they're talking about their the number one. You know, car dealership and right. LA. Everything is sell, and, sell, sell. And, and I just, yeah. So I, I, I myself have tried to sprinkle in my business a, along with my personal stuff, but stay mainly personal. Yeah. Let people know me really personally. And I've gotten a fair amount of business through social media, but it's really more of just uh, uh, acknowledging and helping, not saying buy from me, which is not my, which is my style anyway. I'm not a here's my card buy from me kind of business person anyway so it fits my my personality right. my personal comfort
2: right fits and that's well. not networking I think one of the things to under I mean that people who do networking well understand it it's not selling right networking and and I think when you if you try and sell too much you're gonna turn people off and that's not what's effective is at least within, the, say, the provisor's framework. You shouldn't really directly be, be selling, but if somebody's kind of beating around the bush and saying, if somebody, let's say, was talking to you and they said, gee, I wish I knew somebody who knew something about business machines and copiers. And you're if you're standing there, you don't say, well, buy from me, but you say, by the right. way, that's that's exactly what I, oh, really? You know, right. you get it, talk to them and... They're not required to buy from you, but then you've got to build that relationship.
0: So by inference, are you saying that if, you, if you're if you part of a sales team in a traditional sales organization, networking will not work for you?
2: No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that it's to do, be too salesy in networking mm-hmm. where it, you're just aggressively selling. So, so, for example, you meet somebody, the business cards go around, and that person then begins... Uh, emailing you their their newsletter two times a week right
1: it's like bug spray it, repels, going... <laughs> you. <laughs>
2: it <Right>. repels you it repels you yes so yeah you know it, yeah. it's okay we understand i understand that people need to do that if they have some kind of a newsletter but ask people and have an have an unsubscribe thing on it so that if they don't want it if they decide after a while they don't want it they can Op, opt out. Opt out. Right. Yes, right. Yes. It's
0: supposed to be, it's really supposed to be opting in. Right. Before, rather. Than, right. right. Do you mind? And I, and, but, but it's always a hard one. Do you ever get that question where they say to you right in front of you, do you mind if I add you to my email list? I get it. You know, and you know, what do you say? Yeah. Oh,
2: sure. Of course. And yeah.
0: Then, you know, you, later on you, un- you unsubscribe, click, unsubscribe. And
2: some people get hurt, their feelings
1: hurt. Right. That. Right.
2: But that's part of, that's part of the process. You right. Know, that's, that's, um, you know it's, we are we do network because we want business but we have to understand the 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 way it works and um for example uh one of the things is <clears throat> the issue of whether whether you should build a network wide or deep meaning should you be in several groups go to all kinds of meetings everywhere or should you just focus on one group well the answer depends on what you do and how much time you have really. right if you have almost no time, let's say you're a, uh, an associate at a law firm and you're required to, to bill 50 hours a week to the law firm, you're not going to be able to go to five networking meetings. You're only going to be able to go to one. So you've been right. I- ideally pick the right one. And uh, so, so, But if you do something else, if you're in strictly business development and you can get business anywhere – then you can go wide and go go everywhere and get to know people. But if you just go one time, let's say you say I I want to go to the West Covina group one time, you're probably not going to get business if you just go one time. But if they get to know you and like you in a short period of time, then they're going. Oh, this guy Joel came down from the valley. He seems like a good guy. I don't know anybody else that does what he does. Right. Then you might get the business. But just you know, just going one time anywhere. It's kind of like the people who say, you know, I tried networking. I went to one networking meeting and it didn't work. Right. And I go, well, because you don't really get what it is. Right. It's a, it doesn't happen overnight. Sure. It's, it's really this long term kind of thing. It's,
0: and, you mean you mean the first you didn't get married on your first date? Right. Is that what you're trying to? Exactly. Is that what trying to say? That's exactly the same thing. Um, what about uh, nonprofit boards of directors? It, are the are those? what are those good networking
2: I think anything potentially is good networking I I think whenever you do anything like that <clears throat> whatever you do is a work sample for you mm-hmm. so you do it for the right reasons you right. do it because you believe in that in that nonprofit but if you do it and you're flaky and you only attend a third of the meetings and you don't follow through that don't don't then they're gonna go. Well, right. I did meet this guy, but he didn't really impress me. The, what you want to be is, boy, I met this person through through this board, great guy, or woman, whoever they are. They're, they're a hard worker. That tells me something about them. You're not really you're not really selling, right? But you're representing yourself well because of the person you are th- and, and, the, and the way you work and the reliability you have.
0: I think those are great points. I think that's what I, I see that all the time when people are, if I give somebody a referral, how quickly they, re- they say thank you to me. And in the manner in which they send thank you, sometimes it's written very unprofessionally looking. And I, I try to, when someone's giving me a referral, send back a very properly formatted note. I want them to see what their referral to me is going to look like i want to be a i think it's, it is a work sample. you have to be sampling right. yourself
2: and that's the first by, by the way that's the first thing you do when you get when you get a referral the very first thing is you thank the person who gave you the right. referral fast by the way don't fast, waste don't right wait
0: away. 4 days for right it right away right it should away should be as quick as yeah,
2: possible yeah as quick as and then you respond quickly to the person who they referred you to right. and you do a good job right and the more of that you do then your reputation is there they go well gee I didn't really know how good of a job that person would do. I gave them a referral, and they did a great job. I'd refer them again, right. and they were grateful, and they kept me informed, informed as much right. as I wanted to be informed. Uh, and then, and then the process continues. Uh, but some people get in more into networking, not so much because they need business, but because they need people to refer to. So it has a value for, you know, it has a value in that way where they're going, I'm not really looking for more business. I got plenty of business, but I, get, I need to be able to refer people mm-hmm. because I have to, I get conflicted out of things or I have a very limited scope, but I get a lot of people asking me. And that's a great, that's also a great value.
1: Right.
0: It gives them credence. Yes. It gives them validation. It makes a lot of sense. Um, any, uh, what about dress? What about h- how you Present yourself walking the door.
2: I think the dirtier the better. <laughs> I think what you want to do is you want to rub, you want to rub crud.
0: <laughs> no, I, I, I think so. The car mechanic that goes to the chamber of commerce meeting, he should have like greasy hands and shake. <laughs> right, you around. got it. Yeah. Yes.
2: Then they know that he's really, he's really repairing them. He's not afraid to get dirty. He's not afraid to get dirty. No, I think. Uh, th- By the way, that's really changing attire. I remember when I first started networking. And when I first started teaching, I would always wear a suit. And right. It was all very formal. Now, if you look around the room in a networking meeting in most areas, it's probably not true nationwide or anything like that. Not that many of the males wear ties anymore. Right. Ties used to be very you know, common and part of the uniform. So I think um, depending upon what you do, Fashion may be important; it may not be that important. So, but neat, clean. Um so If you want to stand out, there are. I've noticed some some men in the provisors meeting wear hats. Yeah, they're trying to differentiate themselves sure. in, in some way. Right, and could be because they're bald, or it could be that it's a fashion statement.
0: Yeah, no, I I know. I I think that's true. People do. Do things that stand out. The bow tie mm-hmm. is one. The uh, I know people that wear uh, loud socks. They may be very formal looking, but then if you look at the subtlety of their socks, you'll see. You that's know, all guys see, could do.
2: Other than the tie, right. males are. But somewhat... nobody wants to
0: wear ties anymore. For no, most guys part. aren't wearing them At least ties. in Southern California. Right,
2: exactly. So so then socks become the way that they can express <laughs> themselves. And that's that's right.
0: fine. I wonder if that tradition. You know how if you compliment a guy's tie, he'll often give it to you? It's a tradition. I wonder <laughs> right. if that works with socks, too. Right. <laughs> No. Hopefully they'll clean let's, them. Let's not can, find can you, can you, out. Why, can you wash them before you give them to me? Uh, but I travel to um, other places for business once in a while, and one of the places I go to regularly is Chicago. And I, so I always make it a point to guess at at least one provisor meeting while I'm in Chicago. And and you know, downtown Chicago is in these hundred-year-old buildings that they're 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 adorned with you know stonework, and they're really. I, the buildings are amazing, and so I always expect the people to be kind of on the stuffy side and to be a little bit on the. So I've always tend to overdrive I always walk in, and I'm wearing. That's the one time I'll wear a, a, a tie and a and a jacket, and and it's still even there. It's fifty fifty. It's not like here where it's zero. You know, maybe it's ten percent of the people wear ties now. Yeah. But if I was a lawyer who was going to litigate and I want to look like a lawyer, I'm going to probably dress like a lawyer. Right, so I'd say dress appropriate.
2: Often dress appropriate for your. Right. For what you do, like in my moving business uh, these days, I almost never would wear a tie, right. I wouldn't need to because they don't, they're not expecting the guy that's representing the moving company to dress up. But if I go to, to teach, if I go to do a present, a formal presentation
0: mm-hmm.
2: for, let's say, a, a speech where I'm getting paid for it, I'm going to wear a suit, right? I'm going to dress up uh but but i think some of that is generation i, I if, if somebody's giving a presentation or or the or the field if you if you're in the high tech field or the right. social media field the with young people that are under 30 wearing a tie is not going to help you if anything it might hurt you i remember when i did a years ago i went to um mtv they were doing a move and i walked in to the first meeting and the guy from MTV was sitting next to me says Bill the first thing lose the tie yeah (laughs) so I took my tie off (laughs) and you know because it it just didn't fit right it was a it was a very casual even even the whole idea of punctuality in the you know we all remember 20 years ago where one of the judgments people a prospective customer would make on you is did you show up on time and these days, especially when you're dealing with millennials and generally younger people, I found that if I show up, let's say I'm five minutes late, I happen to be, they don't really care. In fact, they go <laughs> something like, "Did we have a meeting?" kind of thing.
0: Yeah, that's funny. I've been always very strict about that. I, I, if I think I'm going to be on time, I'll usually send some sort of note that I'm going to be a few minutes late, just in case I have parking problems. I, to me, on time is late. And I noticed with my son, who's now just about to turn 25, he's very punctual. And mm-hmm. I think it has to do with the, maybe genetics or something because my father was like that. So maybe it's just third generations right. down. So I, I don't know if it's a generation thing. I think it's a people thing. Don't we all know people that are never on time? No yes, we what? do. And it doesn't matter what their age is. Yes, we do. Yeah. But, I have, yeah, I but, but for networking, though, I, I always believe you got if the meeting's at 730, I try to be there at 7. I'd rather be the first guy there to to take a nugget from your book about being the host. I want to be the people that greets the right. people walking in. And what I'm referring to is in in your book, I think it's this one, right? Connecting Beyond the Name Tag. Yes. Is that right? Yes. You have a technique. Do you want to talk about it?
2: Sure. Well, it's the whole idea of when you go to a networking meeting, one of the ways that, that you're going to feel more comfortable and you're going to see, seem like you're an integral part of that group and a really important part of the group is to show up early and actually host it in a sense, is you're you're welcoming to people, you're presenting yourself as being, I guess, the home team, rather than you being kind of this outlier. And the, the converse of that is when you show up late, things have already kind of started. I know in my provisors meeting I lead, they're the same people are always there at the very beginning, right, and we're able, and I'm always there early. We're able to kind of have our little conversation. And there's some some people that are always late, right. And if they show up after the meeting has started, they're missing out. They're missing out on all the open networking at the beginning of the meeting, right. So, there is a great value to that, and also the, the it, people that are more comfortable, uh, people that are more introverted and are comfortable talking with in smaller groups can benefit from getting there early where you can have a one-on-one conversation where you're not really just in this massive group of people where you're going around and talking a little bit to everybody, but you're having more intimate conversations with people. And that's been one of the, one of the questions people go, what if I'm not, you know, what if I'm not really extroverted? I'm not really comfortable in a big group. Well then work in smaller groups of people.
0: Right. I mean, I, I would describe myself as an introverted extrovert. I come okay. across extroverted, but I really am introverted. And so there are times that walking into the meeting is a little bit more difficult for me than I would like to admit. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> so putting myself in the, in the position of the host, saying things like, what brought you in today? What brought you to this group? How, what, asking questions that I might ask if you were coming to my home for the first time and I'm just meeting you has helped me kind of bridge that. And by the way, it's like a five-second barrier. Right. because once you once once I get past that 5 seconds of discomfort then I'm myself and I'm fine and I'm perfectly comfortable it's just that moment that I right. need a little help with every once in a while and remembering that technique has been very helpful to me i once took a class that i wish i could find the teacher and thank her it was called acting techniques for the business professional hmm. and it talked about controlling your voice it talked about mirroring posture a little bit it talked about creating uh awareness of people's space and we I, I, I think one of the things we've seen in provisors or other types of networking groups is there are some people that don't respect that personal space. They're close right? talkers. I've, They're close talkers. Yeah. I've backed up to many a wall or backed you up to keep, ma-
2: You keep going, and, you keep backing up. And what's you worse is if you the wall, they keep going, they keep moving in closer. Have you ever
0: backed into somebody who's got a cup of coffee in their hand? I haven't, but I've, I've thought about it. I've had many a close call yeah. because I, I find myself backing up when people are a little too close to me and I, I think that's that happened. And, and so that this this acting class I took it was just a one day seminar really, has stayed with me for many many years. And I'm sure I use it in those situations when I feel like I need to a little bit of help communicating properly or just being my, right. being myself. Yeah. So it's funny I'm taking an acting class to be myself. But right. <laughs> you a little, yeah. little irony to <laughs> yeah, that is ponder. A good... Yeah.
2: <laughs> and then you know then the whole the notion of you know. What you talk about, and then, in fact, when you do think, when you really do have to mingle, you go, I've talked to this person. I mean, the reality of it is you're talking to somebody maybe that you don't want to talk to as much as you might want to talk to someone else. Right. But you want to be polite. Right. You know, one technique, people go, what do you do when you're talking to somebody that, say, monopolizes a conversation? Or you're kind of done talking with them, Mm -hmm. and you want to talk with someone else. One technique is if someone else comes over. If you come over, I'll say, "Joel, I'd like you to meet. I'd like you to meet Susie over here." And then, as soon as you start talking to Susie, then I can move away. But <laughs> Susie doesn't realize that yeah. the reason I've made that introduction is so that I can extricate myself from her barrage of of uh, words. I, I have... Is there
0: a moment of poor Susie as you're walking away? No, no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it reminds me of a, a friend of mine. A friend of mine who is. A, a noted talker, he's a real he's a real yipper, and uh, <laughs> but when we were when we were undergraduate at undergraduates at UCLA, he remarked that the quiet guys would get all the girls, and he his one of his classic comments was, "I always wanted to be the quiet, mysterious type." But I couldn't keep my mouth (laughs) shut, and he's a screenwriter, and he actually used that line. That's a great line. He used that line in he wrote the the movie The Great Debaters, and he used that line. One of the characters in the in the movie used that line. But that's a really important element of networking is how much you talk and how much you listen.
1: Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And it's really important to be a good listener. To be and what does that mean? It's your your your. General, You're interested in people. You're curious about people. But when it comes to you, when they say, well, what about you? You you have some things to say. So right. you're not only interested, but you're interesting. And that combination.
0: And that's hard for a lot of people. It's Some hard. people
2: are one, but not the other. Right. They're very interested. But if you say, what about you? It's like they don't have anything to say.
0: Listen, my parents brought me up to not brag. Right. Right. And I always think about this when I'm watching politicians doing an interview. Mm-hmm. Their whole job is to brag. Right. It yes. would be so counterintuitive to me to stand there and see all the wonderful things I've done and do. Right. Because of the way I was brought up, and yet that really is our job for a moment, as long as you don't overdo it. Yeah. And I think as you're you're saying that there's people to come to mind that are the that dominate a conversation.
2: They dominate a conversation, or there is braggadocio about. You don't have to really brag. Right to get across that you're good at what you do. There are ways. There are there are ways to do that, where you know there's a genuine, humble posture that you're taking. But still, in the in the context of it, people are saying, well, you're you're what you're accomplished." But that's the same thing I've said many times. I would much much rather other people would say, "If I am good at something, that I'm good at something." I may even be a little embarrassed by that. Sometimes I am. If somebody really pours. Their- Pours it on right. too thick. I'm I've going had that. Okay, well, I, yeah, I, I'm good, but tone it down a little bit.
1: Yeah, I've had that.
0: I, I, <laughs> I once gave a referral to somebody, and in, 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 our, in our provisors world, we do testimonials when someone gives you a referral. We can talk about, I want to talk about provisors. And sorry, I want to talk about testimonials in a second okay. and how to properly do them. But I remember just flippantly saying to him, I'm going to give you this business, but I really expect a good testimonial. And I, that's just me being. You know, smart ass. Okay. Right. And so he called me up the night before the provisor event and said, Are you gonna be there tomorrow, aren't you? And I said, Yeah and he goes, Okay, I'm gonna give you a testimonial and then he laid it on so thick that I wanted to crawl under my chair. It was He took you literally. It, it was so embarrassing. Yeah. That I and I would never want to be that effusive about myself. It's right. You would not, never do it. I would never do it. And I don't believe it either. So the part <laughs> of it's just my own, you know, inferiority <laughs> complex. But right. but I was thinking who's he talking about? But he laid it on so thick that it was it was really embarrassing, I think. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about testimonials.
2: Well, that is a part of the the one of the things that happens in improvisers. I think it's important I mean you know, that – you do the the one thing is when someone refers you or introduces you or does a great job for you it is very important in that environment because that's a part of the environment but it's also just good manners that you thank them the important thing is that the the testimonial is much more about the person that you're thanking than it is about you so that's the so that one you you you
0: say that again say it slower so people get it because i think that's The part that people forget sometimes is to.
2: okay. so the, the most important thing about a testimonial is that it should be much more about the person who you are thanking than it is about you. So a testimonial is not just another opportunity for you to talk about yourself. It's really an opportunity for you to genuinely not only thank the person who made a referral, who made an introduction, who did some work for you. But also by that, thanks, you have then really kind of done an introduction for them. So you've told the crowd that's listening, this is what Joel does, this is what Bob does, this is what Sue does. By that, I have a guy in my uh, I have a guy in my provisors group that is a master at it. But he's he's has an acting background, and when he does it, he he has done all kinds of research on the person. And his, his his testimonials take time, but they're very entertaining. And when he first, actually, when he, there's kind of a story to it. When he first did the testimonial, I was kind of, uh, I was leading the group, and I, we were kind of in a hurry. And he starts into it, and I says, can you kind of move it along a little bit? And he was totally flummoxed because he has this, Whole routine he wanted to do. And I could tell he was very upset with me. At that time, he wasn't, he was just a guest in my group. So here's a guy, David, guest in my group, goes on and on about a testimonial. I cut him off. Right. I'm sure he thought about me, Bill's a real jerk. And I probably thought about him, this guy can't shut up. Well, it turns out we ended up becoming good friends. He ended up joining my group. And instead of cutting him off, I look forward to his testimonials. Right. But, but he's unique because he really, I mean, it, for him, it's like he's writing a script, a script right. for this testimonial. Whereas other people, they're just <clears throat> getting the point across mm-hmm. that this person thanked me. I'm very thankful that they, I mean, this person did something for me. I'm thankful to them. And this is what they do. Right, right. So those are what I – that's what I think of. So
0: what I, what I think of testimonials – and uh, by the way, we keep on talking and referencing ProVisors, but hopefully people will be listening to this that don't know what ProVisors is. So ProVisors is a is a networking group that spans how many? 3,000 members or so? 6,000. That's members. what I said. So, 6,000 members. <laughs> like you were saying. As, as I was saying. I don't saying. mean to correct and you. And <laughs> we have no uh, financial interest in ProVisors at all. It's just an organization we both – We met each other through, and we both belong to, and they have different chapters, and you can guess the different chapters, but testimonials just casually are really helpful, too. When I'm giving somebody a testimonial just because I happen to run into a third party and work together, that's also a form of of important networking, frankly, and so I I don't want to just focus on the testimonial and the model of the provisors because hopefully People may not know what that means, right? Yes, so. I think
2: you're right. Yeah, it can. It doesn't. You don't have to be in provisors to yeah to give a testimony. Right. It's, it's, it is a really important principle and and way that you show thanks, but you also highlight. You make that that person look good, and you know your own your own profile can increase.
0: Um, I think it does. I think I think by. If, if you're judged by who you associate with, when you do business with people that are of a high repute, it gives you, by association, also a, an image of being of high repute. And so you have to treat them very well. Right. You have to really deliver the product well. You can't just be you know the, the facade. You have to have right some some substance to what you do professionally. So do your best work for those people. And by the way, that doesn't mean you never have a problem. It means you solve the problem better than anybody else.
2: Well, yeah, I think that's an important thing. Yeah, it's like I tell people about the moving business. It's When I'm really being candid with them, I says it's an imperfect one. I don't do the work. It's an imperfect business. But I can tell you that not everything goes perfectly. And when it doesn't, I'll solve the problem. There's been cases where people have called me and said, "I've we've got a problem here. Or, you know, cases where something really did go south. We've got a problem here. And they go on and on about how upset they are. And I say, I, I'm sorry this happened, but uh, we kind of need to get off the phone so I can solve this. I do it in a polite way. Right, right. We have to get off the phone so I can solve the problem.
1: Right. I hear you. By the
0: way, re- you probably read this article too, but there was a priceless piano. Did you read this? There was a, there's a concert pianist that had a priceless piano. It's a one-of-a-kind piano that she traveled all over the world with, and she only used one particular moving company to move it. And they dropped it, and they had to ship it back to Italy, where it was being made, for the piano maker to say, "I'm sorry, it's beyond repair." And when she was so broken hearted because it was such a part of who she was professionally and actually personally, that piano was had the, had the touch and gave mm-hmm. her the gave her the nuance for the feel. And it was just when she went on to describe it, it's like she was describing a a, 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 a you know a sister, okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> like a relative. She refused to name the moving company because she said. It was just a mistake. They 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 took such great care of her and, and broke the news to her in such a compassionate, understanding way. It was just a bad luck, right. perfect storm problem, and she didn't blame them at all. Even though her career is really on hold until another piano can be made that's com- wow. uh, comparable to it, and I and I and I thought I thought about that as a a business lesson for all of us because. I, like you, being in the copier business where we're we're taking technology, digital laser technology of a precise nature, and we're putting it on networks, and there are no two networks that are alike. Our checklist for from order to installation is about 80 items long. I always tell people we're predestined for failure. Hmm. How we manage the process is going to determine whether you even know that we have problems along the way or not. And... And we're going to minimize the amount of interruption between of the problem. We know we're here to keep your business moving slowly. And our whole job is to minimize the interruption should technology problems occur. But we know technology problems are occur going to occur. That's just the nature of what we do. So it sounds very similar to how you right. manage it. And I've had that conversation yeah. many times with... As well, saying I'm I, I'm sorry. I have to go now to solve this problem. Yeah. So. but I
2: I, do, I try not to talk too much about what might occur negatively. But I but I I think people some people are more understanding than others. Right. And some people, when you you apologize, you go I'm I'm really sorry. Um, let me fix it. This is what I have to do to fix. Sometimes you come out better. They go they forget that there was a problem, and what they remember right. is that you solved the problem and that you were. Polite all the way, right? And and had empathy, very important. I understand you. You know, if if people show up late, I understand you're upset. I understand you had a schedule. Let me let me get off the phone so I can call and check where they are and find out when they're Mm going to get there or or whatever it might be, whatever whatever the problem might be that you hope you help you help fix it.
0: Yeah, these things happen. Sometimes they happen to your best friends because you know them from marketing, from networking, and you have to manage it uh, the same way. That's also one of my rules is I always treat – if I'm doing business with friends, I treat my friends like customers. And what I mean by that is I earn their business. I work to earn their business. I don't assume they owe me the business. I follow up like they're strangers. I want to make sure that they know – what the processes are. I'm very precise about how I communicate with friends I'm doing business with because all I've ever heard my whole life is that you shouldn't do business with friends. <laughs> and so I realized that the, you shouldn't do business with friends. You should do business with people you do business with. Right. If they happen to be friends, treat them like people you do business with, and then you won't have any problems. And I've, right. that, that, that has really helped me it, tremendously in my career.
2: That's a, good, that's a great idea. Yeah. So. It's also about lo- loaning the money, Right. <laughs> don't do business with them, or don't loan them money. Yeah,
0: give them money. Don't yeah. loan them money. Yeah, because you're not going to get it back. <laughs> right. Right. Like right. Um, anything else we should we should talk about? You think? Um,
2: mainly, mainly that uh, networking is a is a process of of making connections. But the the lead word in both of the books are connecting.
1: Right. Is
2: that it, it's it's more than just being likable and have them trust you, but. I think people who make a connection some kind of a connection with other people are the ones that people remember and the ones that they feel not that they owe them business but they like them more because they've really made a connection with them. So I think that's that's really important. And and that you I think you said it very well you don't assume that just because someone is in the network that you're going to get their business. It may be that you've got to compete price wise, or, or, but, but on the other side, because if you're in a good network and you're getting highly recommended, the way I describe it is, I don't have to sell as much, because I am a lot of the referrals I'm getting, I'm getting recommended very highly. So they say their phone call is, Bill, you've been referred by Bob Smith. Bob highly recommends you. He says you got a great company. So I'm not then I don't spend a lot of time trying to convince them how great my company is. I just, right. by everything I do, I try and prove that I, I, I'm responsive, I'm willing to negotiate various kinds of things, and uh, I want, I do want their business.
0: Very good. How do we get a hold of you? The best way to get a hold of me
2: is probably email is probably the best way.
0: And and my, what's your email address? My
2: email address is wsaleeb.com at gmail.com. It's it's W-S-A-L-E-E-B at gmail.com.
0: And what about, and you want to be contacted for your books, yes?
2: The books they can get, uh, mainly I'd want to be contacted if they're interested in uh, me talking to their group about networking. I do a lot of that kind of thing, all kinds of groups. Or if they're interested, if they say, on the moving end, they're interested in asking me questions about moving or they actually have a corporate relocation that they need someone who has expertise to handle.
0: Well, as someone who's used you and referred you many times over the years, you've always made me look good. You made me look good to clients that I've referred you to. You've made me uh, look good to my wife, who (laughs) (laughs) I referred you to. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, um, yes, I know I'm not mistaken. You uh, did some... Preferred work for, a, for one of the camps that burned down during the fires. You moved a lot of office furniture from one of our old offices as a donation to them. And I think you took great care of them. And that made me look good, too. Those are always, you know, when, So when you refer somebody out, you, your own reputation is affected by yes. it. And I really appreciate that you've been very good to me by taking great care of the people I've introduced you to. Yeah. The, the books are Connecting Key Networking Tips for Business and Life. And Connecting Beyond the Name Tag. Both of them are excellent books. I encourage anybody to read them. Go on Amazon.com and, and get one right away. And give them out to gifts to your clients, by the way. That's a great way to network is to give books of uh, value to your, your network.
2: Well, thank you very much, Joel. I, I really appreciate, one, I appreciate your friendship. Thank I appreciate you. all the referrals and I appreciate this opportunity because I like talking about this stuff with the goal that it can help some people. And wow. if they want more, if they say, I'm really learning this process and I'd like to learn more about it, I'm, I'm, it, it makes me happy to be able to help them. In
0: any way I can. Well, it shows you're very genuine, and that's what comes across. And thank you for being on the podcast with me, smallbizcast.com. Please give us your feedback. Uh, That's where you can learn more about where Bill is. That's where you can see his contact information. So www.smallbizcast.com. That's where we want you to to pipe in and tell us what you want to hear and who you want to see. And um, I also want to thank our sponsors. You know who they are? Mercury, document, Mercury imaging. document Imaging. Mercury Document yes. Imaging. yes. 37 years of business technology featuring Xerox products. I've been associated with them almost the whole time. And I'm very proud of our company, the service we give. And um, I'm proud that uh, we are sponsoring the podcast. However, we're also looking for other sponsors. So if you know anybody who thinks that they would benefit from talking to business people in business, please have them email me. It's pretty reasonable. Thanks very much, Bill. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Joel. It's been my pleasure. Take care. Have you ever asked yourself what business you'd be in if you weren't in your current business? For me, one of the possibilities would be marketing and advertising. I've just always loved it. I've loved clever slogans. I've loved campaigns that make me smile and laugh. I love the ones that you think about when you were kids. So next week's guest is Cliff Scott of the Scott Group. He is a marketing strategist, a veteran in the advertising and marketing business, and he makes his living by consulting on strategies that create behavior changes among people, especially during these times when marketing is changing so dramatically. That which used to work doesn't work anymore, and new mediums are really what do work, but they have to be done just right. So uh, here's a sneak peek at next week's discussion with Cliff Scott. So when I talk about branding, for me, branding
2: is about creating a personality, creating a memory of
0: the products and services that are being offered by the company, which is essentially the brand.
2: Right. Because, because these days, customers and non-customers and consumers, whether it's B2C or B2B, it doesn't really matter, they, they don't have necessarily a, a strong image of what this brand is all about.
0: Well, I hope you'll agree that Bill was a great guest and we had a great time. Hope you enjoyed yourself, too. I want to thank you for listening to the Small Bizcast. Hope you'll follow us by giving us likes on our Facebook or our Instagram page. Or if you have business questions or are thinking about sponsoring our show, reach out to me, please. JV at jovopro.com. We want Small Bizcast to be a big part of your life, so go to our website at smallbizcast.com. Take a look at our sponsor pages. And remember,
1: hot dog, it's a wonderful life.